Welcome back and listen up because we are back with part two of our crimes involving voodoo. Today, Jackie will be sharing the story of the Bordez family and how an alleged voodoo curse led a father to do the unthinkable. Please be aware that this story will involve the murder of children and listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey guys. Hello everybody. So we are back today to tell our second story that is uh, blame it on the voodoo, I guess. <laughs> voodoo was in this year. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Because this story happened in 2006. So it's right after Melissa's story. But I'll also say that we literally this is the third time we're recording this because my phone <laughs> jacked up like the two other episodes, so... I'm still going to act surprised, though, guys. It was a fever dream. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay, well, let's just jump right into it, then. I'm sure it'll be a short one today, because this story's kind of shorter, and um, this is the third time we're doing it, so I better be pretty familiar. All right. Tell it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let us get started, then. So this is happening, yeah, in 2006 in New York City. Um, to be specific, the apartment building that we're going to talk about is in Staten Island. It's the St. George apartment building. Yeah, if you're from New York, I don't know, you might be familiar with this. But, so this story is about um, Francois Mercier. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, but I'm sorry if I'm not... Um, she was 42 at the time, and she has a boyfriend named Franz Bordez. He was 39 at the time. So, um, Francois and Franz. Yeah, I know, right? These are some pretty cool... That's a pretty cool couple name. I'd be like Jackie and Jack. It would be. But she met... <laughs> she met... Uh, I'll just say Bordez, because it's going to get a little complicated if I, their names are so similar. So, Francois met... Bordez, um, when they were both students at the Borough of Manhattan Community College, she came to the United States 17 years ago from Haiti. So 17 years ago from 2006 when this story is being told. Did they both Um, come from Haiti or just her? He's from Haiti too, but I'm not sure when he moved there. It only just said that she had been there for 17 years. Okay. Um, but yeah, they both are from Haiti. And they lived a pretty normal life. There's, like, nothing to tell about their life, really, up until the day of the incident and the day of the story. So I'm just going to get right into that. Okay. So in August, and for some reason, it was, like, kind of hard to find the exact day that this happened. I'm almost positive that it happened August 31st, either August. August 30th or August 31st, 2006. But forgive me if I'm wrong because the story was really not reported that well. So mm-hmm. um, it was hard for your girl. Uh, what up with you? I know. But around 2.30, um, everything is fine. And Francois and France, they're in their apartment building. And they also have two kids together who are four and two and a half. 
So they're all in the apartment building with their children. Um, around 2.30, a neighbor below the family heard the children running around upstairs. At 3 p.m., Francois had to start her eight-hour shift at St. Elizabeth Ann's Health Care and Rehabilitation Center in Stapleton, and she had to leave the children in the care of their father, France Bordez, whatever we shall call him. She said that um, he didn't seem strange or anything before she left for work. He changed their he daughter's... chilling. Yeah, he changed their daughter's clothes and gave her yogurt, and so... Francois left, um, as normal, you know, nothing going on. Okay. Around 8 p.m., she calls home, but she doesn't get an answer. So, her shift ends, and around 11.40 is when she arrives home from her work. She comes in the door, and when she walks in, she found... A ring, which is, it was her in Bordeza's wedding band, so but oh, that's no. what she called it, so basically their engagement ring. Um, so they, yeah, they weren't married, but they, I think they basically acted like they were married. Mm-hmm. They live together, so it's obviously pretty serious, and have children together. But she found the ring in a box on the apartment's hallway floor, so mm-hmm. automatically she's kind of like, hmm, that's weird. So... Yes. Yeah, sus. She looked for the kids in the living room where they, I guess, would regularly fall fall asleep. Francois is looking around for her kids. Uh, she looked in their bedroom, in the living room, and she couldn't find them. So she's obviously getting worried. And she called a relative in Brooklyn thinking that Bordez had maybe taken them there and left the house and gone to a relative's. And while she's calling a relative, a police officer is actually at the relative's home when Francois called. And so the police officer just told her on the phone that Bordeaux had actually jumped in front of a train at <gasps> about 8 p.m. that evening. So, oh my God. Wait, so some hours police, ago. So she had to find out over the phone from the police officer who's at. Her man's relative's house. It didn't say exactly who the relative was. It just said a relative. Yeah, I would assume it's somebody on his side of the family if the police are going to that house first instead of their shared apartment. But anyway, yeah, so she finds out on the phone that um, her basically husband had jumped in front of a train at about 8 p.m., and some articles I read, I cannot confirm this exactly, but some articles I read said that he was actually decapitated um, by Ew. the train. Yeah, and we'll get... I'll tell more about exactly where that happened, but her instincts told her, like, when she heard that, to just check the bathroom, because I think that that was the one room that she hadn't checked yet for the children. Oh, no. Yeah, and sadly, she did find the children in the bathroom. No. Yeah. Um, both of them were laying next to each other in the bathtub. And How old were they again? They were four and a half. Or, I'm sorry, four and two and a half. No. Schweitzer, who was a boy, and Stephanie, <sighs> which is so sad. Um, her son, Schweitzer was naked and Stephanie um, was only wearing a disposable diaper and when the police first arrived there wasn't any water in the tub so for some reason they thought that was like suspicious and then maybe 
Francois has something to do with it. I guess maybe they thought that the kids were, like, just put in the tub. Just, Why would they think that she had anything to do with it when her husband just committed suicide? I don't know, because they don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they know, and I don't think they knew either at that point. <laughs> they were just grasping at straws. No one knows anything. No. But, I mean, I think that was just, like, they thought that for a second and then moved on. But, yeah, the children, yeah, were in the tub together. There was no That's water. horrible for Francois. I to know. find that. I could not even imagine as a mother how sad that would be. I know. And right after you just heard that your man got yeah, killed. You wouldn't so, even process that. Yeah, so brutally. Like, you truly are not having any time to process anything whatsoever. But once the detectives and everything processed, like, the scene, they came to the conclusion that... The children, it was a homicide and that they were drowned and that was the cause of their death. Mm. So uh, they had been drowned some hours earlier and the water had just drained out of the tub. Horrible. I know. It really breaks my heart just thinking of her little babies like that and the fact that she had to come home from work just like another normal day. And that's what you find like your whole world just completely flipped upside down. That's horrible. I know. So, the police had also found some notes scattered around the apartment, um, and they found, I believe there were six of them scattered around the apartment, and they found a seventh letter inside Bordeaux's jacket after the police had pulled his body out from the um, train, and it was the Q train at Church Avenue Station in Ditmas Park just to be specific on exactly where that was. And, yeah, their apartment was St. In- I don't know if it's in St. George or if it's called the St. George apartment, but that's where that happened. Okay. So. Were they close? Um, I don't think they were, like, extremely close. The apartment was in Staten Island and the subway was in Brooklyn. So it's not like. How did he get there then? Did he walk? I do not know. Like, this story, they really don't tell you much. They, from every source I found, they told you the basic details and didn't fill any fill in any of the gaps, which is really frustrating and hard, obviously, because I want to know, like, every single detail. But okay. I don't know. But regardless, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what did the notes say? Well, first of all, we'll get into that in a second. But, um... So I'm the, a nubby bitch. I know. <laughs> we'll get there. The building superintendent, Stan Barton, said that he didn't uh, have any complaints really about the couple who had lived there for about three years in the apartment building. He recalled interacting with the couple on only two occasions. Once was like two years prior when the children were jumping on their bed and kind of being a little disruptive. So the downstairs neighbors called and I think just complained about that like normal shit. <laughs> And he then, said their kids were annoying. <laughs> yeah, the basics. And then uh, their bathroom flooded another time, and he had to come take care of that. But he said they weren't the most popular people in the building. They kind of kept to themselves and weren't around very often. But he said that they never caused a problem, and it was really a shock that this would happen. And that everybody in the apartment building thought it was pretty unbelievable, and everybody was clearly shook. Hmm. Um, one neighbor said that she was showering around the time that 
around 11.30, so around when Francois came home. Uh-huh. And she said that she heard a scream that she said she had only heard in movies before. <gasps> it was... Stop. Yeah, she said it was so horrific. And it was Ugh. when Francois had found her children. Oh, I knew you were going to say I know, it's so Poor heartbreaking. Francois. So, getting to the letters. The letters. The letters. The letters. So, yes, the letters. There were six of them found in the apartment building, and yeah, one of them was inside his jacket. And once again, since the story was not reported at all, I could not find, like, what exactly the letters said or, like, pictures of them or anything like that. And I really tried, but I couldn't, which was frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, the little things, like, the quotes that people got from the letters that are in news articles, I really don't know how they got them. But maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just what police officers provided to the press at some point. But the police officers did say that they were just really rambly, kind of all over the place type of letters. Okay. But the point was, they were basically saying that Bordez did what he did because of voodoo. <laughs> like, he basically just blamed it on voodoo. Uh, so he straight up, like, admitted to killing his kids? I don't, I am not sure because I can't read the letters. So yeah, like I found only two quotes of what the letter said and they, that was like what all the reports said was that he blamed what he did on voodoo. One of the quotes from the letter said, they're using everything they can to destroy me. Most of all voodoo. (gasps) And then another quote said, my love for my children is a weapon to destroy me. Ew, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I know, right? I really don't know what that means, but it's ew, pretty eerie. Yeah, ew, girl, that's creepy. Shameless plug to our podcast. Okay. But, yeah, weird. Um, Francois countered this, obviously, when it was brought up and said, no, that was not true. Nothing of the sort about voodoo. Mm. Um, she said that didn't happen at all. But even if it did, she's not going to admit to that shit. True. But Bordez had told his brother, Edouard, that he believed that um, Francois' mother was using voodoo to cause him headaches. So recently, um, Francois' mother had been living in the apartment with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that had led to some arguments with oh, no. Bordez and the mother and then Francois and Bordez because... Um, Edward France Bordez's brother said that Mrs. Mercier kind of just inserted herself in their arguments and was kind of just like all up in their business, I guess. All up in their shit. Yeah. And he said personally he doesn't believe in voodoo, but his brother take took it like somewhat seriously. Well, like it wasn't just nothing to him and that yeah for whatever reason he was um pretty convinced that she had used voodoo to cause him headaches maybe he believed so strongly in voodoo because they both came from haiti that's like more in their culture yeah that's another thing is that um these articles did say that you know staten island there's a good amount of african and caribbean and more african-american communities in general so That people in these communities admitted to using voodoo and that voodoo has a place in their lives and their cultures, but nothing to this extent. And there's like, they're clearly not using it for this 
horrific type of thing. So he said he was alleging in the letters, he was alleging that basically they were, that, like, was he saying that the voodoo caused him to kill his, the kids? Once again, I don't want to say because I'm, I really do not know since there was not that much about this whole story in general and especially not the letters, but I'm assuming from the way all these stories are written that Betraying it, it. I'm think it was probably saying that the mother used some sort of voodoo that was controlling him and that okay. made him, yeah. So kill they're his kind kids. of like portraying that it maybe caused him to do that, influenced him to do that. Yeah, I definitely think that they're saying that. Uh, maybe not caused. Influence. Yeah. Yeah, but Francois, obviously, on the other hand, said, no, that was not true. And she said that he had actually, she thought he had been jealous of their relatives and of her mom because they loved the children so much and I think, like, spent so much time with the children. So she basically said that, yeah, like, he was lying and that her mother did nothing of the sort. I guess that's, like, I think that's really all about the voodoo in particular, um, it is weird Didn't that it basically he? came, like, out of nowhere, like, he was pretty normal, and then he did what he did, and that's the one thing all these people are saying. His brother, in particular, said, like, whatever he could do to himself is whatever, but I don't understand how he could do this to his kids, because they loved him so much, like, yeah. by all accounts, everybody involved did say he loved his children so much. So, and one thing, um, a lot of these news articles were, like, saying, like, this unemployed man killed his kids. And, like, yeah, he was unemployed at the time, but I don't know why. I don't know why that would even matter. And second of all, I just didn't really like the way they portrayed him in news articles and stuff. Yeah, because obviously he's, he killed his kids, like, but, um... He had been unemployed for a little bit, but he had also been taking colleges. Colleges. <laughs> been taking classes at a local community college. And I think he had, like, stopped taking classes. But um, in prior years, he had worked as a baker and, yeah, was in and out of college. So, so it wasn't making like, him seem like some bum. and he's Yeah, like, exactly. And he's not just some bum. Like, he had a job, and I'm assuming if he was in college... They said he had an interest in finance, so I'm assuming if he's in college and has interests, like, he has a plan for his yeah. life, he's not just some bum. They always want to portray it like that. I bet it's just, obviously, because he was, I'm assuming he was black. Or yeah. Asian. Okay. They're both black. Yeah, I definitely am assuming, because he's from Haiti, and he's black, that they focused a lot Wait, on I don't know. Who. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, the media, even if he did write that, like, I get that's a pre- pretty, like, salacious piece of evidence that they, they they would have picked up on that even if he was white. But I think just the fact that he was They want to just throw Haitian, in there. They yeah. want to just throw, throw in there he was Haitian and he was unemployed and all that to make yeah. it look like he was, like, even worse. Exactly. We all know how the media spins it. Yeah, they definitely spin it, spin it their own way, so... But one last little piece of, one last little tidbit. Give me, give me the titty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you this titty bit. <laughs> so, um, Mercier had said that, um, I believe this happened after the whole ordeal that she had found out that Bordez actually had, um, a girlfriend in New York <gasps> oh. and a wife in Haiti. What? 
And he had multiple children. <gasps> yeah, with both the women. So she found that out after. He I'm was... assuming. Damn. Nothing. It didn't say anything about her finding that out, like, when they were together. And it's not like that led to what happened. Holy shit. Yeah. So, Linnea Rizel, she was 44 at the time that this story is happening. Um, she gave birth to two of Bordez's children. Oh. Uh, yeah, she said that the two had met 12 years ago, but they never lived together, and they had two children together, one who was six at the time and one who I believe was a newborn or uh, pretty young, and Lydia said that after she gave birth to their second child, Angelica, Bordez failed to visit her at the hospital and, like, <gasps> basically just went MIA, Ooh, so she broke up. Yeah, so she broke up with him, and uh, she said that he had told her that he had a family and, like, two children in Haiti, but I'm assuming she had no idea that he had practically a wife in New York and lived with her. Yeah, and two more children with her. So, yeah, she said she was aware, like, he had one... I think he she was aware that he had one child in the city. He He said he had one child, but he clearly didn't say... He had a whole ass girlfriend. That's cool. And a whole ass wife in Haiti. Damn. Yeah. So Lydia and um, her mother, who also, I don't know if she lived, if they lived together, but um, they said that that night that it happened that Lydia was just at her apartment and police just like came by and knocked on the door and they just said like, yeah, I'm sorry, but... Bordez drowned two of his children and then killed himself. And she said she was obviously shook. She she said she literally collapsed. Like, she was so shocked in that. That he would do something like that? Yeah, she said she was shocked. Yeah, not only she didn't know that he had, like, two other children, but she was just like, we, I had children with him. Like, how can he do this? And yeah, she said like, those could have been our children that we had together. Like that could have been my children. Yeah, but yeah, that was what I was thinking. Yeah. So Lydia and her mom said he was a great guy and he was really great with kids. But Lydia said she's glad like that. She said she's glad he's out of her life, which I feel like is kind of her saying She's glad that he killed himself after he did what he did, which is really messed up. But then it's also, I'm sure she's I mean, so hurt. I like, don't know if that's necessarily what she's saying. She could just be saying she's glad that yeah. his bullshit is out of her life since she found out he's a liar and a cheater. That's true, but it's just like... And, I mean, regardless, what she doesn't even probably, matter. Those are her feelings, true. and she's entitled to them. She probably she was like, I'm glad that someone who could do something like that isn't in my life because yeah. she has kids too. That's for sure, but clearly... It's just... That makes it even more sad that he had other children, first of all, and it makes you wonder... Like, with the other story, the, there was more voodoo with your story, but... I felt like it was more of a scapegoat. And with this story, it's just like truly what other reason could there have been? And because he told his brother before the murder that he had headaches because of voodoo. That was before that happened, obviously, right? Yeah, I'm I'm assuming. I'm almost positive, yeah, that he had told his brother that. So it's definitely... Yeah, because I'm like, how else would they have known that he had headaches in like the couple weeks or the Mm -hmm. bit before... But it's just so odd to me that by all accounts, 
Um, I will say one more thing. I think I forgot to say this earlier, but Francois did say, even though she said he was a great dad and stuff, she said that he at one point threatened the children or to like kill the children before. Yeah. I wouldn't describe a great dad doing that. I wouldn't either. And it's just like, it's just kind of weird to me. The little tidbits of all these stories, putting them together and I wish um, we could talk to her more and that they could do, I don't know, something on the story to bring it more to light. But, I mean, by all accounts, like, even if he did say that or whatever, by majority, people were saying he was a great guy and a great dad who did care a lot for his children. And even if he was employed at the moment, I'm assuming he was just trying to get his shit together. Yeah. And, yeah, it's really tragic. It really does make you wonder what could drive a person to do that to their children. Like, I don't want to blame it on voodoo because obviously the people in the community who even used voodoo in the story were like, hell no, don't associate that with us. Like, mm-hmm. hell no. But it's an but aspect it of you, the case. Yeah, it is. And it makes you, it just makes you wonder what, what was the reason, Cardi B? What was the reason? <laughs> That's me in this case. Like, literally, for what? <laughs> Especially since their relationship, like... I, I mean, it might have been those letters. I know, me too. Like, their relationship might have been rocky, but it wasn't no shit, like, she was going to go to work, yeah, and come back and kill the kids and kill yourself, like... Oh, poor Francois. I hope I she know. got the help that she needed after that traumatic experience. I really hope so, too. I couldn't really find much on her, but... Mm. And Lydia, like, that's so mm. sad for them both, these poor women. I hope both of them are able to both get help that they need. I know, me too, but yeah, that's a little short, quickie, sad story. Oh, girl. Sorry. That was that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. everybody. That was that. Mine wasn't much it's better. Quite I mean. sad. Yeah, and um, I just want to reiterate as a last point that we are saying no negativity whatsoever about voodoo, and we obviously realize it is a big part of some people's culture and... Um, who their culture identifies as and things like that. And it's obviously used for majorly good and not evil. So don't associate just negative things with voodoo because... Um, exactly. Yeah. And everybody can practice what they want to practice as long as they're not slaying innocent lives. Exactly. Exactly. So don't even try and come for us. Don't. Bitch. Do not. <laughs> Well, play us. I hope you guys liked our little story. Little story. Little story. Hope you like her. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Oh, I just thought it was in uh, Big big Mouth when Myra was like, this little pharmacy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I robbed the pharmacy. Yeah, when her and Jesse robbed the pharmacy. Love it. I love that part. Go watch some Big Mouth to replenish your minds after that. Literally, go have a good laugh. Stay safe respect everyone's practices but please don't slay any innocent young little lives stay creepy but not like a girl (laughs) you know (laughs) just keep it together please yeah stay safe stay safe take care of yourselves we love you we do and we remember those poor two little innocent lives that were sadly lost and it is tragic for france Mm. who took his own life it's tragic Mm. on all ends so Mm. we just want to have a little yeah 
have a little moment of silence and somberness for them and keep them in your hearts and keep your loved ones close. Mm-hmm. Thanks for chilling with us. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And we'll see you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.